Previously on Funny Science Fiction. It was like breaking down as a human. I'm like, why am I creative? What am I do- <laughs> why, why do I do this? Like, I, I can't do it anymore. Oh, man. So I, I, am, I am both pleased and upset. Hi, this is Jeff Duoskin, and welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. The podcast where we're the only place where Stan Lee has never done a cameo. What, too soon? So our guest today is the host of the podcast called the Jeff Dewaskin Show. Actually, it's live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show. That is correct. And it's good to be here on the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Yeah, so oddly enough, the, yeah, oddly enough, the host of that show happens to be our guest, Jeff Dewaskin. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? Seems kind of strange, I know. But welcome to the show, Jeff. Glad to have you here. Good Welcome. to be here. Good to be here. There are more than one Jeff Dwoskins out there. So I was lucky to get the job. I had to apply. There were about seven of us up for it. And, you know, just worked out. It worked out. <laughs> Some tough competition for the namesake, I see. All right. All right, Jeff, Mr. Dwoskin, if you're respectful. First things first, tell everybody about what's going down over on live from Detroit. What's your show about? What goes on over there? Yeah, for sure. I consider my pop culture dreams come true. I have fun conversations with actors and comedians and authors. I've been doing stand-up comedy for 18 years. So one of the threads is talking to comedians that I've worked with, some that I haven't worked with, some that I just know from engaging with them on Twitter. Occasionally I'm introduced to one or two and they want to be on the show too. Um, So, you know, that's, and then talking to like actors and I love talking to people about movies they've been in, but more like stories from the movies, like, you know, just stuff that you, you guys like to, you know, just like those sideline stories. I was like, I was kind of equated to like, I loved watching, entertainment weekly growing up around and it's like it's like it's like those kind of like you know faux drama things like those those things always really really interested me so those are the kind of things that i love talking about and hearing about and origin stories and stuff like that so most of the people that come on to the my show i kind of do it as kind of a get to know you type thing sometimes mm-hmm. um you know with comedians they just jump in but you know it's it's just fun i just i really I'm having a good time doing it and that's it. And got wow. to meet cool people like you and you come on cool shows like this. There's a funny science fiction podcast. And- that's right. <laughs> now I've, I've watched it several times. I, I, I'm a subscriber. Um, so to the Apple version and I've watched it several times on online and, and it's a lot of fun. I enjoy listening to some of the theories that, that people throw out about some of the stuff that they've, they've watched or they've done. And I've liked the introductions that, you know, um, the, the interactions and introductions to people that I, you know, maybe wasn't familiar with before, you know, and getting used to, you know, hearing from them. So, no, really cool show. Strongly suggest anybody who's watching or listening to this show, uh, go over and check out live from Detroit. It's Jeff Dewaskin. But yeah, you're going to like it. It's, it's a, it's a good time. So in, in your you. bio, Jeff, you listed yourself, uh, as a big MCU fan. 
So we're going to do some deep dives on MCU theories and characters to really, t- no, I'm just kidding. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I do like the MCU. I've seen all the movies so far. All right. I'm well, caught- cool. And I am caught up on WandaVision. And Excellent. so, you know, and I'm eagerly awaiting the Falcon and uh, yeah. Soldier. So, I mean, I might, be able- I might be able to hang with an MCU conversation if you want. Yeah, we're not going to go we're not going to go big deep into that. But what we would like to know, what is your favorite movie or show from the MCU thus far and who's your favorite character? Uh, that's a great question. My favorite MCU movie. I'm still partial. I still love the first Avengers movie because I think it made me feel so good when they just brought all that together. It was just so cool. I think the whole thing is like is a marvel in itself and I I use that word on purpose, but also because it fits the, I think my favorite character, I think I've always loved Spider-Man and I think I continue to. And I think this version of Spider-Man is, is one of the better ones though. I, I, I am, I did love Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man as well. Um, But I do, I do love Spider-Man. And I think if I was going to pick a second character that I really, really enjoy I oddly, I really enjoy Paul Rudd as Ant Man because I absolutely, I'm actually a big Paul Rudd fan, <laughs> and I, I just, I think he brings a good kind of sense to it. Um, Carol Danvers doesn't do much for me yet <laughs> in the in the MCU. I'm not saying she's like my least favorite or anything, right? But um, it was a good movie. I liked Captain Marvel as a movie, mm-hmm. uh, but. I don't know. I just, the character hasn't really done much for me yet. And I don't think they did her any favors in the last uh, Avengers movie, bringing her in is such a bit character. I think, I think there was such a high expectations for her to the, the fact that they kind of got that movies out so quick before the Avengers. And then she had so little to do in that movie. Yeah. I think it would have been kind of, uh, kind of cool if she had done more. And I think it was kind of a missed opportunity, but other than that, you know, I, the only, I'll tell you the one I at least like the movie I least like is age of Ultron. <laughs> I, that, that movie to me is, I can't, it's hard for me to even try and rewatch it. And I've tried to rewatch it. It just, it didn't, it didn't hit like the other ones did all the other Avenger movies, I think hit hard and most of the other movies did as well. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Ultron and the Ultron should have been like one of the cooler ones. Should have been like amazing. James, James Spader is Ultron. I yeah. mean, his voice is great. Even is just yeah. I mean, it was such a win. I mean, it gave us vision, but other than that, I don't. I don't think as a, as a movie, it, it didn't click or feel like the other ones did. Right. Mm-hmm. I've actually said that uh, Age of Ultron is a, a stopgap. It was a filler movie to try and get some story content in to try and bridge the gap between the where they were at and where they wanted to go but they needed some pieces to fill in those corners of the MCU. So they threw together age of Ultron. And I, I think that's what happened there. Um, I, you know, I like to think that Kevin Feige and, and those guys down at Marvel have a better clue as to what they're doing, but I really feel that that's what happened uh, with age of Ultron is that it was a, uh, a throw together. It was just like, okay, we need these pieces here. We got to introduce, you know, uh, Wanda and Pietro and, you know, we got to figure out a way to get them in, but you know, Oh yeah, that's right. We can't use Magneto, so okay, we're <laughs> we're gonna have them be Hydra pawns, and you know there there was a lot of little things in there that they couldn't do because of of contractual stuff, I guess. But but yeah, uh, and 
I too was a little disappointed in Captain Marvel in um, uh, in Endgame uh, because I was like awaiting her to come in and just like hand Thanos his behind because <laughs> as powerful as she is, she should have, could have came in and, and saved. And I just thought that they, I understand why they wrote it the way they did because they had to have a graceful exit for, you know, uh, the real life Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., uh, to, to end his run as Iron Man. I understand why they did what they did, but I still go, she should have, you know, just come in a swing in personally. I will, I will say that this may not to rock controversy on your show, but I rewatched Iron Man 2, which I did not have original fond memories of. Mm-hmm. However, watching it now, meaning the close of Endgame and all that kind of everything's happened. If you watch it now, m- one of the reasons probably it didn't feel right at the time is it was it was a pure setup movie. There was so much being set up in that movie. If mm-hmm. you watch it now, you're like, oh, that paid off. That paid off. That paid off. And yep. so there's there's like a little bit more of appreciation watching it after the fact than watching it real time, where you didn't really know because you were still. I think Iron Man 2, you were still in this, you know, the Marvel Universe has never been done before. I mean, what right. they pulled off with these 20-some movies has never been done before. Ridiculous, yeah. And I think back in the Iron Man 2 time, the Iron Man 2 days, it was it was still, I think, up in the air what was really going to happen, right? I mean, there was no reason for us to believe anything was going to still be as huge as it was about to be. And But if you rewatch it, there's a lot in there, you know, like, oh, yeah. and that was yeah. when Black Widow came in and there was, there was a lot of things that they kind of just teed up. So I think it's worth a rewatch. I'll Paul, agree on that. I'm going to have think, to go through and rewatch now. <laughs> you know, I think when Iron Man 2 came out, I think for a lot of us, it was just like, oh, cool. It's another superhero movie. I don't think any of us really watched it with an eye of this is setting something else up and this is doing that, you know, so the things that were unexplained in Iron Man 2 totally made sense later on it, like you said going back with with a, a view to hindsight i think it makes total sense now but but i think if, then it was just like oh cool another iron man movie if anything the the shame that should be brought on to marvel because of iron man 2 is they probably drove john favreau out by rushing that movie yeah and he he should be the patron saint of Marvel. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure most many do consider it, but when you think now it's always like Russo brothers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I mean, if it wasn't for his Iron Man, none of, none of this, none of this would happen. Yeah. So at one point we all, or some of us wanted to be like an astronaut or a firefighter or even a superhero. So other than being like a comic, what, one did you like what did you want to be when you were growing up oh i think i wanted to be spider-man is that what you mean <laughs> <laughs> sure we can mean that too sure okay. or do you i mean... was thinking outside of the realm of superheroes okay. but oh what did i want to be i <laughs> well um i don't I don't know. I don't think I still don't know if I know, but the <laughs> you know what you know what I'd want to be if I could be anything? I'd want to be a chef. Mm. I think I think that is uh that's a superpower I wish I had just understanding sweet savory this that and like like to me that would be really really cool like if I could, if I had time I would I'd want to take cooking classes I'm not sure that answers your <laughs> question either 
but I, <laughs> you know, I went on to fulfill all my dreams. So I don't, I don't, uh, I left nothing on the table. <laughs> nice. Oh, the fact that you I'm declare that you're still, artist. you're still growing up. So, you, you know, yeah. you said you weren't growing up. So yeah, if you want to be a chef in your, as you grow older, that's fine. A chef, Spider-Man. What are you trying to get at? What am I not answering correctly? Spider chef. <laughs> spider chef. Spider chef. So. <laughs> Is spider picked on the menu? <laughs> right. We can cut that out. <laughs> All right. So another cool thing is that you you gave us a list of some of the things that you like and, and or don't like in the, the world of nerdery. Uh, and so cool. Thank you for that. And I like the fact that you didn't like you weren't super fixated on one thing. You said, this is the only thing I'll watch is the only thing that I'll pay attention to. It looks like to me, like you sample a little bit of this, you take a little bit of that, you, you kind of, you know, take it all in, but I want to talk favorites. I know that you're a big MCU fan, but that aside, this may not answer the question. I make it pretty clear that star Wars is top dog in my world. I love MCU. I love DC movies. I'm, I like sci-fi outside of the world of, of star Wars. Um, but for Jeff Dewaskin, what is the one thing, whether it's a movie, a show, a comic book, whatever it is, what's the one thing that you keep going back to over and over again because it it's always refreshing to you? What what you mean, like what a series of movies or anything? Sure, like that? is there like like for me? I, I always say that uh, Star, Star Wars is like a marriage for me. It's there for me in sickness and in health, good times and bad. Uh, you know, there's not a day where I don't go through looking at something Star Wars related. So. You know, is there is there something like that for you where you always go back to it? You're drawn to this more than this. You know, I don't get back to it as often as I should, but I think if, if I was going to say I'm drawn to one thing, it's if you were to say, what's the one thing you love more than anything else? I would say the Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone by Rod Serling. Okay. And, you know, Rod Serling's Twilight Zone. I have on my bookshelf, I've, you know, one a whole section dedicated to the the twilight zone and in my basement i have uh a ton of uh tv land i think game uh toys that they put out you know like the uh, you know from from the various series and i have little figurines on my thing and i have the entire dvd set and books and two companions <laughs> twilight zone companions so i mean as as i was growing up those the, the twilight zone was to me like what kind of framed how I enjoyed storytelling and the mm-hmm. idea of at the end things not being what you thought they were, or you know, or seeing a different side of something uh, brought out, you know, through the storytelling, I thought was brilliant, and it was so brilliant they were never able to really replicate it. And I and even in like the new Jordan Peele one, which I've I've watched some of the first season, it's it, to me it was like it was almost a cheat to do longer than 23 minutes. I mean, it, they were able to pull off this classic thing and in such a short amount of storytelling time to say, oh, we're gonna do Twilight Zone with an unlimited amount of time that we, we feel fit, I think is a cheat. I mean, I think part of it was the fact that there was a, a specific amount of time and even the Twilight Zone when it went to an hour, you know, was not the same show. And, and then they even went back. And so I actually have a whole episode of my podcast coming out where I, you know, I talk about the twilight zone. I, I did one with James Bond and we're going to do one with the twilight zone where we t- I talk about this kind of stuff. But, but to me, like, you know, there's, there's, there was a specialness of, of that. And it just, it just seems non-replicatable and, and, and so special and it's still classic. And when you watch the old ones, they're still 
really great. Mm. I yeah. agree. I agree. There was between those and the old Alfred Hitchcock series. I used to remember staying when I was a kid, I would uh, on WGN at night, uh, you know, because, um, you know, their news was on an hour earlier than everybody else's news. <laughs> and so I, you know, a- after those were over, I'd go and I'd, you know, into our family room when I was a kid and I'd watch uh, the Twilight Zone and the Alfred Hitchcock, I think it was called the Mystery Hour or something like that. And I always loved those shows because it was always something that was, like you said, it was never what you thought it was. It, was, it wasn't it was a cut and dry whodunit on the Alfred Hitchcock stuff. You always had to like figure out what was happening and why and to who. And and in, in uh, Twilight Zone, it, it could be, you know, it wasn't what you thought it was. It wasn't the the thing, you know, whatever the, the story was going this way, then there was a curveball and the next thing you know, the story went this way. And there was always a cool reason as to why it happened that way, but it wasn't, it was very much, uh, I always thought of it as like theatrical sleight of hand, you know, right. uh, where things got changed up a little bit, but you know, it was still a cool story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our sci-fi page is full of memes that make a lot of people laugh and to have fun with. And a lot of them are just crossovers between one character from this universe and putting them in another. So if you were in charge of a meme maker, what sci-fi superhero style crossover would you make? What hero would you move into what universe? I think the, uh, the mashups, a good mashup is always, is always going to be funny. Actually, I just saw a really funny sci-fi meme the other day. It was, um, it was a bunch of uh, stormtroopers, you know, in their white uniforms. And the, the caption was, uh, I'm, I'm doing this by memory, but like the caption was something like, uh, uh, a team of stormtroopers returning from a paintball expedition or something. All right. <laughs> but, they're, but, they're, but they're all still uh, yeah, in a perfect Pristinely white, yes. Pristinely white. And uh, I thought that was really funny. I, I think, I don't think you can get funnier than mixing a Star Trek quote with a Star Wars person or vice versa. <laughs> I think that's because I think those, like uh, you, Tim was saying earlier, with you either love one, you love one more than the other. And the mixing is is um, is uh, is the worst thing you can do to either one of those uh, <laughs> groups. And so, you know, like if you have a Captain Picard saying, "May the Force be with you," I think you know something something like that is always because um, I think part of it's not just being funny; it's irking the the fandoms as well. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think those those are the two easily irked. Yeah, some of the two that are typically most at war with each other, that's for sure. Right. I, I, one of my favorites right now, um, there's a, a bunch of ones that will have uh, so how to tick off four fandoms at once, and it'll have like a picture of one guy, and <laughs> it'll have a Harry Potter reference in there, and a Star Wars reference with a Star Trek uniform, and you know, and it's just, it, it's funny to me, but you know, and it's kind of funny to me, even more funny to me, that when inside of the group, some of the people who take this you know, like, oh, how dare you? It's, it's, it's like, like you've committed a level of sacrilege that how dare you, you cross those streams and, and make that happen. You know, why would you do that? So. Well, it's, it's interesting because like with Harry Potter, if you're watching the Mandalorian and the whole dark saber thing that they introduce and then fully explain at the end of season two, you're like, oh, that's the wand rules 
uh, right, in Harry Potter. And so that was the whole way that they defeated, you know, Voldemort and stuff like that. And so then the question comes, well, which came first, right? And I'm pretty sure Star Wars probably came first. So I don't know with the Dark Saber. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? Well, I don't know when the Dark Saber stuff came out, (laughs) but like, um, because the Dark Saber rules weren't in the original. Yeah, yeah, that that part, I'm not sure. I think, well, sci fi, you know, honestly borrows heavily so much from each other. There's many tropes that go from one to another and, and back and forth. And sure, I mean, and even Star Wars was borrowed from something else, but like, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, so. absolutely. I, one of my favorite things too. Another, uh, it's a it's a TikTok, um, and it's of a stand-up comedian actually talking about you know how uh, Harry Potter is just uh, um, Star Wars with sucky lightsabers, right? You know, right, right. <laughs> goes goes through and compares them all. That always cracks me up, you know. It's even better when you when you watch somebody who's a Harry Potter fan, you know they're like they do those blind reactions on TikTok, you know the right, blind right, react right. of a of a Harry Potter fan listening to that, and by the end they're like, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Stargate over in the corner just being like, "You guys have at it," like, <laughs> right? Nick, somebody... I don't want I don't want it to go unsaid that I think you have an amazing mustache. <laughs> mm, thanks. Oh, give him! You just gave him an excuse to play with it. That's all you did there. <laughs> don't don't play with it. It's a family show. That's right. All right. So, uh, one of the cool things about having a podcast, and Jeff, you know this as well as we do, is that you have opportunity to talk with uh, lots of amazing people. Like we're talking with the amazing Jeff Duwaskin right now, but people that were either fans of their work or we've just heard that they were cool and that we should have a cool conversation with them. And we want to share in that, in that fun. Now about your show, who has been your favorite guest thus far and why? Well, and you know, that's not, it's not a fair question. Cause I'd hate for like somebody to, I like to think that my guests would listen and then <laughs> hope I didn't pick one over the other. I, I enjoy a lot of them, but if I, if I was to pick, um, you know, if I, and, and I, and it's a funny because sometimes like my, that answer may be sitting on my hard drive, meaning like, you know, it hasn't been released. Hasn't yet. been published like, yet. Yeah. I get it. You know, like I have a gray one coming out Monday and, and I don't tend to talk about who I know, you know, who's coming up until my episode is done. Cause gosh forbid, like, uh, you know, something, um, you know, happens with it or I, you know, that, right. screws the, up or something like that. The computer spiders eat it somehow. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, you know, I love talking to Hal Sparks. He was, I love talking oh, yeah. to comedians are great to talk to because um, the conversation just goes in so many different directions. They don't necessarily want to be interviewed. They just want to talk. Right. And so, you know, when I talk to Alonzo uh, Bowden or I talk to, Bill Dwyer, or sometimes it's hard to get a word in because, you know, they, they love to, to talk and, and it becomes more of a conversation, but, um, you know, or, or Dave Landau, you know, those are all kind of real fun conversations to kind of just hear because comedians, they're on stage and they're not, not, not PC, but they're, they're not afraid to just say things and have conversations. And so, you know, that was cool. Uh, Billy Van Zandt was one of my favorites. His, loved it. I read his book and then we talked and um, I've actually uh, had him back and and that'll be released in the next month or so. But 
you know, okay. those, those are always, uh, you know, really, really cool, but it, it's also kind of about just kind of mixing it up as well. You know, I love talking to actors, actors and actresses, you know, Candy Clark was on from American Graffiti. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. So we talked a lot about that. And then we talked a, a bit about the man who fell to earth with David Bowie, you know, she, you know, was the star of that movie with David Bowie. And so that, right, was, yeah. that was pretty cool. And I remember saying to her, I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize Rip Torn was young <laughs> at one point. <laughs> you know, I'm so used to him from Larry Sanders or like, uh, or like Men in Black. And she's like, right? Jeff, he was middle-aged in that movie. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just for Men has been good to him. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's just a matter of just kind of keeping <clears throat> interesting. Who's been your favorite? Uh, well, for me, I, a couple. Um, our first two interviews are, are, are two of my favorites. Uh, we had uh, um, a guy who's, uh, who portrays Captain Rex in cosplay. And uh, so, you know, um, having a chance to talk with him was really cool because of his perspective on the whole Star Wars universe and being such a huge Star Wars fan uh, and talking about what it meant for him to put on that Captain Rex uniform and and be part of the the, the 501st Legion and, and, and the things that the 501st is involved in and, and all of that. He really gave a unique perspective and, I, and I, I like the stories that he was able to share because of that. Um, I also, we had a uh, 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 interview with uh, Guy Sklanders who runs a YouTube page called How to Be a Great GM. And Guy, that was just a lot of fun. The conversation went absolutely everywhere and nowhere. And there's some great quotable one-liners that come out of that conversation that, you know, um, if you're talking with people who've watched the show and if you can watch some of our, our past live episodes, there's a lot of references to the jokes that were made in that episode. And that was the, the second episode that we aired, That's you know? Cool. Um, and then past that, uh, of course, we just had Pavenmeyer on him. That was a lot of fun. Dan Pavenmeyer, the co-creator of Phineas and Ferb. I was uh, jealous of that one. You could throw him my way. I would just, I don't even even just want to hear him. Do, <laughs> I would just want to hear him doing the voices. <laughs> right. Well, the whole time he's talking to us, I'm sitting there like, hi <laughs> you know he you know and all we don't we don't air the you know like when you, we had you do the introduction to the show and and when he did the introduction to the show of course he did it as dr doofenshmirtz and so having that opportunity to sit, have him do that i was like okay i'm done i can go home now i'm my day has been fulfilled That's um cool. yeah that was a lot of fun and then i think one of my actually one of my all-time favorite guests though we had him back as a guest host recently uh when we had uh, uh scott curtis on and um from behind the bits and uh his name is frank duran who also hosts a podcast uh called the warp shelf we on it we had him on as a guest and uh and we, i just really enjoyed the conversation with him he was he was just a lot of fun uh he's from boston area and he gets worked up real easy and <laughs> he's very emotional and he's just a lot of fun but he's hysterical uh, he's got he's got some really cool uh, viewpoints and thoughts on things, and that's one of my favorite episodes right now. That's cool. That's cool. Nick, what yeah. about you? I I was thinking, you know, just um, I, I did like the one with uh, Sarah Warner. She, oh yeah, she just she does a girl in space uh, episodes, and it's gotten like wait rave reviews and stuff. And but her personality is just amazing, and like 
they were all amazing. And it's just really nice, like you were saying, to hear those backstories and like some of those side stories that you don't normally get to hear about their character or or things that happened and to how they got to that point. And I just think that is all interesting. That is oh, yeah. cool. That is yeah. cool. So Jeff, who yes. would be a dream interview for your show? Now you've had this, you've talked about all these people you've had on your show. Who's one person that you'd really like to have on your show that if they were to see this on on YouTube and you could say, please come to the Jeff DeWaskin show, pretty, pretty, please sugar on top, possibly a cherry. Who would it be? I think well, I have three. One is Henry Winkler, but he kind of said no. And then, <laughs> and then not, 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 not like full on, just kind of, it, it was a polite, polite no. And then, um, <laughs> wasn't literally him, but I, and then, uh, Steve Martin would be cool or Steven Spielberg would be cool, but I feel I might have to wait 20 more years before they would be willing to do a podcast with me. But the, um, but yeah, I mean, those, those would be cool people, but you know, I always surprise myself, you know, you asked one of my favorite, one of my favorites was John Iman. And he, he was on an episode of the Twilight Zone, which yeah. is why I wanted to talk to him. And there was just so much more and so many other stories. And it's funny, his episode like on YouTube did it really well compared to how I do on YouTube. It did mm -hmm. great, like really great, like a lot of listens. So I mean, some it must have gotten some algorithm there, but it was such an interesting thing. And he was in this uh, carnation ad in like 1959, I think. And so I actually, I went on eBay and I bought the, the Life magazine that he was in, got the ad, mailed it to him. He signed it, sent it oh, back cool. to me and I have a frame now on my wall. And so, awesome. you know, so that, that was really cool. And it was just like, I'm really into like, I love that old, the old um, advertising style. You know what I mean? Like oh yeah, yeah. Those old style. So I was like, you were, yeah, and like, once I found that out, I was like, this, while I was talking to him, if you listen to the interview, I'll go, I'm going to buy that and I'm going to mail it to you. Like it was in my immediate reaction. It wasn't like something I thought of later. It was like, as, as we're talking about, it, I'm like, I'm going to find that. And, and like, since the interviews aired much later, you know, I, I think after I did the interview and I come back as, you know, live or in the studio, they said it's taping. I'm like, and I did buy it and I did, and I have it. And it's on my Instagram now and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah. It honestly is like one of my favorite things I have. Yeah. And so that was, that was really cool. And, you know, so it's, it's like those experiences that you never, you know, you don't realize you're going to, you're going to have when you talk to people. And sometimes they don't, those experiences don't come from the most famous people mm -hmm. that, you, that you meet. And so, you know, so there's, there's definite gems. So. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I feel that much the same way about. Uh, so we had a we had an act uh, not an actor but an author on uh, named Dayton Ward, and Dayton Ward's a Star Trek author. Now I am fully parked in the Star Trek camp, uh, <laughs> not in the Star, uh, Star Wars camp, rather. Excuse me. <laughs> and uh, I, I really don't. I don't really don't don't cross over to to Star Trek all that often. It's just it's never grabbed my attention very well. Uh, and so I was legitimately worried about how this conversation was going to go because he clearly is very pro Star Trek. I mean, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's published all these great books about Star Trek. 
that was honestly one of the coolest conversations I think we've ever had. And, and, and you know, I laughed pretty heartily, you know, and said some of the jokes and, you know, he picked on me for, you know, uh, being a Star Wars fan and interviewing a Star Trek guy. And it was, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, but he signed, uh, he signed one of his things. He has a book called Kirk Fu, which is a, a visual aid uh, to all of Captain Kirk's uh, imaginary Kung Fu moves. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great book, by the way, if nobody, if you guys haven't seen this yet, uh, yeah, you can find it on Amazon. I think like it's either $12.99 or $14.99, but it's an illustrated book that he wrote as a, you know, and he even tells you that the joke of the book is that he wrote it as a, a straight instructional manual. It's, it, there's no joke in, in, in the writing. All the jokes are in the illustrations that some, this other guy did a uh, Christian something. I don't remember his last name, but phenomenal book. I got to look that a, up. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Write it, it down right now. Yeah. That is uh it's super cool, but it's the Kirk Fu manual uh, by Dayton Ward. And so, uh Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. He's he had some little promotional posters and uh, he sent us a copy of the book and the promotional poster signed. So although you can't see it right now behind my amazing green screen, it's uh, hanging on the wall. And I like that. more about where that fist is. <laughs> yeah, right about here, I think. That so, area. so, you know, can we can we can I rant on science fiction for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So here's my thing. Here, This is what annoys me, like with the new star treks right go for it and and i'll even lump in man of steel into this okay zach snyder's man of steel is there's got to be more stories that one can tell okay when the original superman with christopher reeve came out and superman 2 and um and zod and all that kind of stuff it was amazing it was just great right well, flash forward, whatever, 40 years or whatever, Man of Steel, really, all you can come up with is freaking Zod again. I mean, the same exact characters. And then Star Trek, um, the second Star Trek, once they brought it back. And I, I liked the vibe of the of the reboot mm-hmm. with Chris Pine and stuff. But then the second one, oh, we go, oh, is he? Is, oh, my God, it's Khan. Really? You couldn't come up with something else? I mean, you had, there's a million things you could come up with. I mean, it's one thing that you're redoing the same story again, Rehash. but you have to actually use the same characters. Like there's no other way to tell a story. Like people are so dumb that all they can accept is a re- a new version of the exact same thing that they once saw, or even if they hadn't seen it, you know, it worked. So let's do it again. You can't come up with something original and new. There isn't one other character in the Superman mythos besides Zod that you could have done it or gone a different direction with or just created a new character, maybe. I mean, come on, you know, and it has to be Khan again. The brilliance of bringing back Khan in Star Trek II, which I'll argue of any of the Star Wars and Star Trek movies, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan is one of the best of the original, those, uh, the original yeah. Wrath of yeah, Khan I agree. Is is one it's of the best everything, and when you it's look, one of the few Star Treks I actually do like. It's brilliant, and and so and then to think that somebody went back and said, "Oh, there's this uh, there's this episode called Space Seed with with Ricardo Monteblon. What if we what if we did a sequel to that episode? I mean, like the brilliance of that was just mm-hmm. amazing, right?" And you can get into whether Khan recognizes characters in the movie that weren't in the episode or not, whatever. But like, <laughs> get past all that stuff. 
and it was just great right mm -hmm. and then you know but then you have it's just like it, that to me is the problem it's like why why are we retreading the same exact things there's how many decades worth of superman informa superman stories you have to pick the same one yeah i mean it's like i mean it just seems so lazy and then we're this is the guy that now we're like putting our hats on to he's going to save the justice league it's like <laughs> I, I hate to break it to everyone but like if you watch the original batman v superman and then you watch the extended cut the extended cut's better right mm -hmm. i mean the yeah. original one that they put in the theater sucked right and it was just wasn't great and it, you may have enjoyed it in the moment but if you rewatch it you didn't enjoy it i mm -hmm. did enjoy the extended cut the extended cut kind of filled in some areas so i mean i hate to break it to everyone but if zack snyder's tragedy hadn't happened and he hadn't left and and he had put out his justice league it would have sucked it would have sucked because look at what he's coming up with now which is like some four hour thing right they they would have made him cut it down and it would have just sucked again you know what i mean and right. so oh can i say suck i'm sorry it would have you're good here i'll say stinkerooted and you can make an edit. And um, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw some more. I'll just say some words you can edit over. It would have been stinky. It would have been. It would have been poo poo in my pants. You know, like there. Those are. There's some family. <laughs> you can edit over instead of bleeping. Oh no, we're leaving all that in. And so, but it's like to think that like this. So this version of of uh, um, Justice League that's coming out is in no way anything that we would have gotten the many years ago when no movie, when no, joss whedon took over because i mean you have jared leto's joker in there and stuff like none of these things would have been part of that movie you can't know there would have been, been so much on the cutting room floor because for the most part short of the lord of the rings movies no other movie really an end game really uh is surviving at the three hour mark um you know it just it does there's there has to be something of substance and traction there for people to pay attention to it and hollywood is like you mentioned is so afraid of putting out something that's original not rehashed that typically those those stories kind of burn themselves out at about the uh the 90 minute to 120 minute mark there's nothing much that they can pack into that you know to to make those stories much uh, much better and frankly as far as the man of steel is concerned I like the movie. I wish they would. I honestly wish they would not have brought Zod back. I would have preferred to see the classic Lex Luthor versus Superman if that's what they were going to do to set up why Lex Luthor was, you know, going to be his prime adversary, you know, over the next however many movies. Right. Lex is somebody that should always be there. Like that's like, right. It felt know, odd that, that there was great. a Superman movie without a Lex Luthor, you know? Yeah. That was, that was, I, mean, I, I liked Man of Steel. But you had to have liked, here's the problem with um, Superman and Thor has the same problem. They're boring because the, I'm not talking about once they hit Ragnarok, but like they're, they're boring characters because nothing can happen to them. And, and so Superman, the joy of Christopher Reeve was that he was, it was enjoyable. I mean, you felt like he was, it was a good, you know, the, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name, Superman. Um, the guy who plays Superman now, and I don't think it's his fault because he definitely has charm, you know, but Zack Snyder decided to hide that. I mean, who wants a growling, upset, not happy, dark 
Superman. You know what I mean? It's like, even in the cool clip that they just released, it's mm-hmm. black suit mm-hmm. Superman shooting eye, eye beams. You know what I mean? It's like, right. but that's not Superman. You know what I mean? That's not who, like, I mean, I enjoyed Man of Steel. I thought Kevin Costner was great as, yeah. as, the, as, as so I know we've made fun of like the CW at times about getting hold of DC, but I think the one thing they did do right was Smallville. John Schneider was, was great as, yeah. as, as Jonathan Kent. Yeah. yeah. And that, that series of Superman, I think was phenomenal. And that's one of the ones I have gone back and rewatched just because I'm like, this is Superman to me kind of thing. Yeah. Once they got, once they, I think they got through the uh, kryptonite freak of the week kind of patterns, I think, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Smallville, Smallville was one of those shows that I never watched when it was on, but I mean, I, but I DVR'd it. It was always like my summer show, like where I would then sit down and that's, I would, I would catch up during the summer. And, mm-hmm. and I really, really enjoyed Tom Welling and Smallville and all that kind of stuff. I thought, I agree. It was, it was good. And I liked how they kind of introduced things and they were the first ones to kind of do the, the whole justice league thing and had Aquaman and all the different, the flash and kind of brought right. all those characters. They, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that without Smallville, you wouldn't have the Arrowverse that they have right now in CW. Well, it doesn't seem right to blame them for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was like the, uh, well, I, I mean, Oliver, um, uh, God, like a uh, green arrow. Well, yeah. you know, that was, that was a main character in Smallville, right? I mean, that was, that mm-hmm. was sort of like the way they kind of got around not having a Bruce Wayne Superman. Yeah. Right. I'll, t- I'll tell you what show I really like is Titans. <laughs> the, the dc is dark but I, I like tyson i think the guy who plays um um dick grayson is great and i just mm-hmm. i'm almost done with season two and i think season three is being made when i first saw images for that show titans i was slightly concerned because i'm like mm, how are they gonna hold up with because i love the teen titans original cartoon not the remake of the cartoon not the t titans go yeah not the teen titans go but the original one had just like really great storytelling and stuff and i'm like okay how are they gonna do this <laughs> well they they have well they have full reign with i think the dc catalog but then this is gritty i mean this isn't family friendly so don't if you're into family friendly do not watch titans i mean there's swearing and there's other adult things that happen and so um it's a gritty, gritty, gritty show, but it's, uh, it's, it's sort of like my, uh, you know, fill in the, you know, fill in the time blank. It's, it's a show I don't watch right. with my wife, you know? So, you know, how you have, you have shows that you don't watch with your partner. And so like, mm-hmm. this is that one for me. And so you know, when we don't, we're not together and watching the shows we watch together, I'm, I'm watching Titans. <laughs> I call those sci-fi. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, but she watches Wanda, WandaVision with me and she my wife loves WandaVision. I'll tell you the thing about WandaVision, I'd rather them just make TV shows from now on and forget the movies. I'm like, why are you trying to squeeze everything into two hours? Just make a TV show. TV is so great now. You know, and they they basically WandaVision is basically a miniseries movie, right? I mean, it's yeah. like oh, it's been you know, fantastic. And I'm sure like um you know, the same thing with the Mandalorian and all that. And it's like, why make movies? Why try and jam all these things in the two hours when you can just do it over eight to 10 episodes and just, you know, in, in, in such a much more, I think, in maybe enjoyable way. Yeah, I mean, that's right. the answer to the pandemic is mm-hmm. forget the movies. 
<laughs> so we like to talk to people about their inspirations and what got them to where they are today. So who is your comedic inspiration and who do you like to watch or listen to that made you think that a future in stand-up comedy would be for you? Um, you know, one of my, one of my favorite comedians, I had a few favorite comedians. One is uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Steve Martin. That's who I kind of mm -hmm. listened to as a kid with cassettes. So uh, Google cassettes, kids. And, but I think as I, as I sort of started to frame my style or like who I felt was Dennis Miller. And I'm not saying I'm like mm -hmm. Dennis Miller, but like, I love Dennis Miller. When I say Dennis Miller, you're know, like, wait, I'm not, this is pre-politics Dennis Miller. I'm talking eighties SNL Dennis Miller. I just, yeah. I loved his, the smartness of his humor. And once he went political, I, I didn't really enjoy him as much anymore. And I stopped watching, but, um, but back then he was, it was just, it was just so smart. It was like with his references and most of them you didn't get, which, but it was just, I just, I liked how he did it. His, it was just, it was really cool to me. I don't know that that's how I do jokes or anything like that, but, but it was, that was part of like, one of the very first things I ever did comedy wise was at camp. And when I was a counselor and we did a talent show and I was Dennis Miller, we did like, it was an SNL thing. <laughs> like the theme was SNL. Right. And so I was Dennis Miller and I wrote jokes as if I was doing the news and, but it was a camp, you know, related. And that was like the first time I actually wrote material and did it. And it was, it was really cool. I am bummed to this day that, you know, you know, it was before cameras and all that kind of stuff and uh, you know, on everyone's phones. So there, nothing exists, but it was just, it was great. And that's, you know, that's, that's who I really enjoyed kind of watching. I loved Gary, Gary Shandling. And, oh yeah, good. Yeah, you know, and so mm -hmm. you know, there was those were like the the comedians that I watched because my parents really liked them, and so that's that's just who I kind of gleaned to. So. Speaking of uh, Steve Martin, have you the one movie I love is with him and Michael King, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Great movie, yeah. That is my all one of my favorites, top fives at least that I will rewatch. Yeah, that's a great that's a great movie. I love planes, trains, and automobiles. And um, th there's, there's a bunch. So many, there's, a bunch. there's so many with Martin that I could yeah. list off. Go, I like this one. I like that one. I like that one. There's not many that are in his catalog that I go, eh, I could do without that one. The movie Roxanne about you know him having the very that's big a, nose. Brilliant. I the it's scene a, it's where a, the scene where he's throwing the darts and doing yeah. the jokes is like one of the greatest. It's a good movie. I just I, I've it's not one of my it's not one of my rewatches. I'll watch it every now and then if it's on or, you know, I, I don't turn away from it, but it's not one that I actively go out of my way to watch like three amigos or, you know, or, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen or, Roxanne uh, in decades. Yeah. Or Bowfinger. I love Bowfinger. Bowfinger with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> so much about that one. So, all right, well, that's cool. Uh, and you know, and still, honestly, I think that Dennis Miller is probably my favorite, uh, SNL weekend update host of all time. I think, you know, what he did there on that, with that desk is really what I think everyone past him has tried to emulate because yeah. he, you know, he should be the, uh, the, the standard. I think that that, 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 uh, thing on SNL is, is measured up to, in my opinion. I so. agree. I like Norm Macdonald a lot. I liked when Tina, Tina Fey and, mm -hmm. uh, Amy Poehler did it. That mm -hmm. was great. Uh, I like yeah, Seth there's... Green. I like the new guys. Seth Green. Seth, I mean, Myers. Seth, uh, Seth Myers. Myers. 
I like I think, Seth Green too, but different reasons. So you know, I, I did not like Colin Jost and Michael Che when they first started, but I do enjoy them a lot now. I think yes, they they grew on me. They got their rhythms and they got their things down, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad they were given the opportunity to kind of just keep going. Because um, yeah, I, I, now I really like them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Jeff, we have come to that portion of the show where we like to torture our guests with a quiz. Okay. All right. All right. I feel like I've been dropping names and stuff the whole time. I thought I've been impressing myself with my recall. There there is a high level of name drop here, but we're going to let it slide. (laughs) You asked. I was, I did. I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I definitely pushed the envelope for you. All right. So our quiz today is about the Marvel cinematic universe. So these are all MCU related quizzes about stuff that you should have been able to to pick up from the movies. Okay. Okay. So if uh, there's going to be five questions, they're all multiple choice. Okay. okay? So yes. don't answer until you hear all the until you get all the uh, the multiple choices. There will be three multiple choices for every question. Okay. 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 Now, out of the five questions, if you get three right, we're going to send you one of these beautifully designed mugs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And it says, I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Okay. And on cool. the back side, as our, of course, our beautiful logo for the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. I love that. Um, all right. And then if you get uh, four correct, we're going to send you this book, The Custodians of the Cosmos, written by Drayton Allen, our page founder. And and uh, don't tell anybody, but it's Nick's dad. And oh, nice. uh, <laughs> but we're going to send you one of those books. It's, it's written about a, a young man who wanted to enter Starfleet couldn't hack it washed out and so he joined as a custodian so he could boldly clean up after those who boldly just went so <laughs> um but yeah so if you if you get four we're going to give you the book and the mug okay okay and if you get four out of four then the five the fifth question is just for fun okay okay now, this is, i'm excited yeah and now however should you not get three questions correct if you only get two correct we take a picture of your face and we make a meme out of you. Oh, we call God. we call it our fun sequence. All right. Do you agree to having your picture taken just in case? I think I already waived all my legal rights earlier. You, you yes. may have. You may have. <laughs> all Do right, Nick, fire away. All right. First question. How many infinity stones are there? Four, six, or five? Six? Yes, <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> it's like one of those things, like you, you, you watch these things, but you don't like, you know, all right, you know. Honestly, when I was writing the question, I had to do, I had to look it up to make sure that I had counted the right, because I was like going by the glove. I'm like, there's one on each finger and then, oh, then there's the one in the, in the middle of the palm. And yeah. Right. So, all right. Okay. I'm question two. Away two. From, two away from a mug. There okay. you go. Question two. What is the name of T'Challa's sister? Was it Susie, Siri, or Shuri? I think Shuri. Correct. Shuri. You're two for two. You're one question away from a mug. I can't. I just, I'm only, I might just quit after the mug. I really, <laughs> I, I really don't want your dad's book, Nick. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of animal is goose? A goose, a cat, or a flurkin? 
Oh, oh, uh, it's a flarkin. You are correct. All right. You win yourself a mug. Okay. You are three for three. I might have made this too easy. I might just uh, throw the next two questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so question four. <laughs> is the book signed? Is the book signed? It is, it? yes. Okay. Yes, it'll fine, be signed. Fine. All right, then I'll try it. Right it it'll, it'll be vandalized. We'll make sure of it. We'll I like signed. All right. Where is Captain America from? Queens, Brooklyn, or Manhattan? Oh, that's a good one. It's either Queens or Brooklyn. Um, I think Brooklyn. Brooklyn, that's right. I'm just yeah. a kid from Brooklyn. I can do this all day. Oh, I'm stuck with that book now. <laughs> <laughs> uh fifth question for fun where is vibranium primarily found well, uh, you gave me some funky right name. so latveria that right though <laughs> latveria Simkaria, or wakanda wakanda all yeah. right Ooh, five i made this way too easy by the way <laughs> no, all I, right I thought... all right this is exciting i'm very excited <laughs> That's his exciting face, fun. No, I am. I love. I love mugs. I love. This is this, this is this will be this will be. You, you, you'll send it to me, and I'll be opening it. And this is exactly what my wife will say. Why do we need this crap in the house? <laughs> <laughs> we need more crap. She's so, trying to get rid. She's so trying she to get rid to, of mugs. But I'm going to put school. your. Okay. I'm going to put your mug actually on my, on my bookshelf. All right. So you get the book and the book and the book. It'll be autographed. We'll make sure of that, and you get. The coffee mug. As oh, well. does your wife like to read? I'm very excited. Um, just she likes to read, yeah. But <laughs> so, so, we so like. I got a mug for me and a book for you. See, there you go. There you go. There you go. A little bit <laughs> for everybody. All right. So five for five. Good job on the quiz, there, Jeff. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go to find out more about your work? Thank you for having me on the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. I enjoyed it very much. And you can find me at Jeff Dewaskin Show. But if you can't spell my name, you can go to jeffisfunny.com. And but live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show is a podcast that is on all your podcast, favorite podcast apps or what have you. So you can check that out. But again, you can also go to jeffisfunny.com. You can play it from there. You don't need any of those podcast apps. And I also do a live show every Wednesday um, called Crossing the Streams, which we talk about TV shows that you should be streaming. And that's live on YouTube and Facebook every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So thank you guys again for having me and for the mug and the book. I'm very excited, even though I had to work for those. (laughs) Excellent. We will be sure to place those in our description down below so that people can find you and all your other works. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, and if you didn't notice, I referenced Crosses and Stream at least twice during our interview. You did. It was pretty. I enjoyed yeah. it. Oh, it was, you can find was, me on Twitter and Instagram at Jeff Dewaskin Show as well. So. There you go. Are right. those also on Jeff is Funny? The links to that, if people go to your website, can they cross over yes, to your socials? Yes. Okay. So yeah. So primarily, a good place to go is for uh, is uh, yeah. Jeff is the Funny. Website. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right, so folks, we want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like Jeff here and that you have funny uh, stuff to listen to. 
Now, if you subscribe, it's going to help us more than you know. But we also want to make sure that you go to jeffisfunny.com, check out his stuff, and check out the Live from Detroit Jeff DeWaskin show. Like you said, you can find that anywhere. Please be sure to subscribe to his stuff as well. Jeff has some really good content out there. As a subscriber, I can speak to say that this is good stuff. It's fun to listen to, and you guys won't regret it. Now, however, if you are unhappy with the content of our video today, all you have to do is submit to our complaint department, which, of course, will be referred to its director, Dr. Strange, who will see if there's more than one resolution possible in the 14 million possible answers. But I doubt it. That would seem strange. Well, thanks again, Jeff. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for being on today, Jeff. And thanks, everyone, for watching and Thank you. listening. Thanks for everyone. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 48. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and gets eaten by his date from hutsmingle.com four courses in, that he didn't leave his crewmates destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and his restaurant bill. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at funny sci-fi, or you can go to draytonallen.com and click the contact me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by funny science fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.